0: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on TV. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Payne.TV. My name is Dustin Gold. And you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, episode 162, part two, folks, part two. All right, let's jump right into this. We're going to go into how some of this works. And I think it's important to understand this because then I will show you what Microsoft is doing on the other side. And uh, this supposed debate, you know how these guys keep talking about how there's going to be an ethical debate Even Glenda, we will have to debate the ethics of artificial intelligence. This is the debate. It's already going on. All the articles being written are the debate because the folks are not revolting against the system, not raging against the machine. Then the answer to the debate, the conclusion is that these guys, these technocrats, these transhumanists are allowed to do whatever they want. That's how they take it. Hey, you're not revolting, so we're going to move forward with it. Goes on to say here ChatGPT and OpenAI's use of Microsoft Azure's cloud. Microsoft Azure is the exclusive cloud provider to OpenAI and in turn supports the company's artificial intelligence based large language model uh, product, ChatGPT. Through its compute storage database and networking resources, Microsoft Azure's powers of all Uh, powers all OpenAI workloads across research products and application programming interface. That's their API services. Most notably, OpenAI's family of models include ChatGPT3 for human-like language generation. That's Glenda that we're using. Codex for code generation in many programming languages. And DAL-E2. Dolly 2 for realistic image generation and editing. All right, so you've got GPT-3, Codex, and DALI-2. That's mainly what they're going to focus on. So GPT-3, uh, that's what we call Glenda, allows users to generate human-like text, to perform language translation, summarize text, and more, using an AI-based natural language processing nlp model and we're going to get into that chat gpt is a smaller version of chat uh, of gpt3 with fewer parameters in its neural network codex a system that generates computer code for software developers by suggesting lines of code and entire functions in real time Codex, as the underlying AI model, has been turned into a product called GitHub Copilot, which can generate code snippets. Notably, GitHub is another Microsoft-owned service primarily used by developers. Now, we're not going to get into uh, GitHub. It's been around uh, for a long time. We're not going to talk about that tonight. But you've got... Chat Chat GPT, you know what that is because you've seen Glenda in the works. Codex helps uh, coders write code. And then Dolly 2, I took that for a test run over the last couple of days. So it's an image generating system that allows users to produce art from strings of text. Dolly 2 is used by Microsoft Designer, a new graphic design tool for creating elements such as pictures, icons, illustrations, and infographics, all right? So you see Microsoft Designer picking up elements of Dolly 2 here, right? This is the graphics designer. You've got Microsoft picking up elements of Codex and using it inside of GitHub Copilot, all right? So what's going on here, folks, is Microsoft comes in with the $10 billion investment. They're going to house... Uh, all of the data, all the processing in their data centers for OpenAI, which controls these products. And in turn, they're going to start using pieces of OpenAI inside of their Microsoft products. Remember, in the last show, 161, I told you guys that when people like Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, and others get involved with these companies in the beginning phases, they get access to some of the tech that's developed, and then they utilize it in their products. And I had explained to you that when Glenda told us that OpenAI is not involved with companies doing military contracts, that's nonsense because people like Peter Thiel get to walk away with elements of the tech produced under OpenAI and then use that in projects that's being used in the military. Purpose of showing you this... It's just how much of a racket this all is. And you have to say to yourself, uh, is Microsoft, is the government, is DARPA, is Peter Thiel, is Elon Musk, are they involved with creating open AI for the purpose of creating something like Glenda for people to write better content? Are they doing it to help coders write better code? And are they doing it to have graphic designers be able to create better images or more images? Right? Is, is that what they're in the business of? Or are the designers, the coders, and the writers, like myself, as I've been showing you in real time, that are interacting with these systems, helping train the systems for their eventual Replacement. And it's bigger than that, folks. I don't think this is just to put the creatives out of business, but I do think it plays a large role in it because we know inside of technocracy, uh, if you want to see what a dystopian world without art, music, literature, creativity looks like, watch the movie. I think it's called Equilibrium with uh, Christian Bale. You're going to want to watch that because they're not allowed to have that in this. Dystopian technocracy. And we know coming out of Technocracy Incorporated that art and literature, music, and these things carry no weight in the system because the system is focused on streamlining the manufacturing the creation of products and services, being able to streamline how they're created in art, literature, music, creativity, and such really has no weight in a system like that. So are they first going to put all the creatives out of business? Maybe that is the goal of this. I haven't figured it all out yet, but I'm starting to try to figure out where this is going. And I've said before, if it gets to the point, where folks, uh, as easy as just you know picking up their iPhone and saying, Siri, make me a logo for my social worker practice. And Siri spits it out and it comes in all the formats you need your logo in. Can that end graphic designers? Well, now people will stop being graphic designers and they're going to have to go, what, I don't know, deliver for Instacart or DoorDash or Lyft or Uber until... They're out of that job until that goes away. Folks, I I went to the store this weekend, uh, Wegmans, the big store where I used to do uh, Instacart um, before I decided, you know, get the hell out of this COVID land mindset and your divorce mindset and get back to work. Um, I ran into, sadly, several people that I used to shop with um, and they're out there. I'm, I'm not kidding you folks. Uh, these are people that used to hustle and make about $2,000 a week. They are lucky to be making $1,000 a week now. So their income has been cut in half, and they're trapped uh, inside of the gig industry, which is all part of the technocracy, as we've explained in detail on this show. It goes on to say all of these open AI models and more can be directly assessed and used through Azure OpenAI a service provided by Microsoft, which is described in greater detail in the next section. And this is why I want to go through this, because I want you to see um, what's out here. And uh, generally, if your kid is going to the public indoctrination school center system, they are going to be introduced to Microsoft. Microsoft, major push years ago through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, they had a branch off called InBloom, and they put Microsoft computers in basically all the school's Uh, around america and and even in other countries so i i don't know how it is now i don't have a kid in the school system but your kid's going to be introduced to microsoft products and then the next thing you know they're going to be interfacing uh with artificial intelligence so you should just know that public service announcement folks uh, it goes on to say, overall, Microsoft Azure and its cloud computing architecture deliver the performance and scale rep- required by OpenAI's artificial intelligence training and inference workloads through high-performance computing, data storage, and processing, global availability, elasticity, and most effectiveness. Uh, and uh, sorry, and cost effectiveness. Now, you need to understand this. Those products don't exist to give us something for free. Uh, Just like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, when you're using it for free, I think at this point, most people understand you're the product, right? So same thing here. You're going to get a cool image back from um, one of these, uh, like Dolly 2, for instance. You're going to get a cool image back, or if you're talking to chat GPT, it's going to deliver you your, your term paper for school, or if you're a coder, you're getting language. But what's happening is, You, by interfacing with it, are actually helping to train it. So one of these graphic editors I was messing around with called MidJourney claims to have about 12 million people using it. Well, that's 12 million, maybe some professional designers, maybe some creatives, maybe some regular people just trying to get around hiring a designer to do an illustration or something. But all the interactions that folks like that are having with the system are actually training the system. So it's making the system smarter, making the system more intelligent to the point in which the system will be able to write code or generate images without any human input whatsoever. Because every time, uh, let's say as a graphic designer, you're creating an image and you're liking it, it's matching up the words, the text prompt you put in. So I'll do a demo of this. I don't know about today, but let's say I wanted to create an image of a A giraffe eating an apple in a children's book style. Okay, so I I would type that out in a text format. I would say uh, a giraffe, cute, in a zoo, eating an apple, smiling, in the style of a children's book illustration. All right, and so that, that's just a very basic. And then it would spit out four versions of the image. And I can look at them. I can have it spit out more. I find one I like. Maybe I click on that one. I have it make different variations of that one. Um, and so you can create these images here. But while you're doing it and then you like one, it's matching the image to the text commands and therefore it's training the system to go, well, maybe this is better, this is better, this is better. And before you know it, the system can start to pop things out faster and uh, much easier. So that's what's happening. The humans are the trainers of the artificial intelligence. Now, why would they want to do this? Well, if they're building some sort of a giant artificial intelligence hive mind, the more data they can get, the more interactions with humans, the more training they have of the system. So like I've said, everything we do on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is all part of training their system. And this is part of why, as we explained, they need all the data centers because they're collecting everything, processing everything, analyzing everything. All of this data is constantly being collected and churned and used to build this broader electronic prison planet. I know it's complex. It's a little hard to understand, but I'm trying to break this down for you in a way that you can understand it. All right. When we get back, let's continue here. Cause I just want to show you the rest of what's happening with this Microsoft partnership. And then we'll show you what Microsoft is doing. And then I'm going to start to walk you through, um, the software and kind of the programs and how all this stuff works i know it's complex folks but i find it fascinating therefore i know there's got to be at least a handful of folks out there that want to learn more about this so i'll be right back this is dust and gold with the dust and gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold more listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. All right, let's continue. It says, high-performance computing, HPC. Chat GPT consumes enormous amounts of computing power driven by both the creation and operation of its artificial intelligence systems. Additionally, the language model performs a large number of input output that's I-slash-O, operations, input-output-IO, such as reading or writing data to storage devices and exchanging information between devices over a communications network. In order to avoid the significant capital investments that would otherwise be necessary to build its own data centers and networking capabilities, OpenAI ChatGPT's developer has partnered with Microsoft Azure. So there you go. It's all about the data center, folks. I told you, this is why they've got to keep building these things. They need more and more and more uh, as data collection and processing grows exponentially. OpenAI has used Microsoft Azure to build and deploy multiple AI supercomputing systems at massive scale, which OpenAI employs to train all of its models. Said differently, these are high-performance computing, HPC systems, that use exascale supercomputers specifically designed and optimized for running large-scale AI training and inference workloads such as deep learning, machine learning, and natural language processing. So what did it say right here? OpenAI has used Microsoft Azure to build and deploy multiple AI supercomputing systems at massive scale, So when we're interacting with something like ChatGPT, this is why I said uh, on the last show, episode 161, I explained to you guys that I went to school for industrial design. The design of the outer casing, like an iPhone. Not the case that you snap on the iPhone, but the actual design of the physical iPhone. How it holds in your hand, what it looks like, what does it feel like, is it slippery, does it grip to your hand? Right, so ChatGPT is just the outer-facing product. What's behind the scenes? What's the engineering behind it? Well, huge, huge supercomputers. You know, so when people think, oh, what is this, just uh, running on a computer out of somebody's lab? Folks, there's like an entire data center, if not more, behind something like that. And this is why all these tools involve building so many data centers. So it's not just some goofy little google search box you know there there's entire physical buildings energy electricity cooling power everything else that goes behind this says typically hpc systems use a combination of powerful processors high-speed memory and specialized hardware such as graphics processing units gpus to accelerate the processing of large amounts of data As a large language model, LLM, ChatGPT was trained through deep learning involving the use of neural networks with many layers to process and understand its input data set, which for ChatGPT was over 570 gigabytes of text data. To speed up this training process, GPUs are often used. As an example, to train the latest version, of GPT-3 OpenAI used 175 billion parameters 16,000 CPU cores and hundreds of Nvidia V100 GPUs all right this is what goes into uh training something like that now i was deciding whether or not i was going to break all this down and show you how big all this stuff is uh but for this point in the discussion i, I don't think i need to do that folks it says, uh, Microsoft Azure's HPC capabilities for chat GPT. Microsoft Azure is the only global public cloud service provider that offers AI supercomputers with massive scale-up and scale-out capabilities, meaning the ability to add more processing power and nodes to the system, respectively. To this end, Microsoft Azure's Voyager, EUS2 Supercomputer currently ranks as number 14 out of the top 500 supercomputers worldwide and is the highest ranked among global cloud service providers. All right, so they're number 14 on the list of all these supercomputers, and now basically they're leasing them out to companies training uh, AI. It says right here, Voyager EUS2 located in Microsoft Azure's East U.S., cloud region in richmond virginia remember i told you all that stuff goes on in virginia this supercomputer has processing power of 39.531 petaflops meaning the system can process 10 to 15 peta uh, floating point operations per second. I'm not even going to break that down for you. It says, with its AI supercomputers coupled with GPU and networking solutions, Microsoft Azure can uniquely deliver the optimized performance and scale required by OpenAI's artificial intelligence training and inference workloads. Below are specific examples of how Microsoft Azure combined with its supercomputers differentiate the platform and AI from the other major cloud providers, such as Amazon Web Services and Google Cloud. All right, so we'll we'll look at this briefly here. Uh, This is AI model training, compute uh, throughput per GPU. And this is Microsoft Azure provides almost two times higher compute throughput her GPU as compared to its cloud service provider competitors, and near linear scaling to thousands of GPUs to its networking and system software optimization. So there's a little chart here. And, and what it's saying is okay, so this is what Microsoft is specializing in here. And then you've got an AI model. Uh, another chart here. We're not going to go into detail on this. And then it says data storage and processing. Uh, OpenAI requires scaled data storage to store and manage the largest data set of text used to train and run the ChatGPT model, as well as to store the model's parameters and other model-related information. Common types of data repositories that ChatGPT may use are a database, data warehouse, data lake, or some combination of these, depending on the structured, semi-structured, and unstructured data that the system uses and collects. All right, and we'll eventually talk a little bit more about this. Right now, I'm giving you the overview as we get into semantic search and natural language processing, really showing you how all this Goes together. It says, given that Microsoft Azure is the exclusive cloud provider to OpenAI, the following data storage mechanisms could be used by Chat GPT. So this gets into Azure SQL Database. Uh, it's a relational database service designed to store and manage structured data, like the text related to the model. I'm not going to go through all of this. Azure Blob Storage is a storage solution for large amounts of unstructured data. And then Azure Data Lake Storage is centralized, scalable, and cost-effective storage solution that stores unstructured, semi-structured, and structured data from multiple diverse sources. All right. Just so you understand, because some of these words are going to come up in uh, future articles And this way I can just reference back quickly. I'm not going to break it all down. I think that's just a little too much for folks out there. But just know that when we're using ChatGPT, all this is what's behind it. This is what's powering this uh, little chat box, all right? It's not just uh, me running it on a a little computer here in my office. It says, OpenAI could use Apache Hadoop, for data processing and training its large language models like ChatGPT. Not going to get into that either. Uh, It gets too technical uh, for you folks. Now it says global availability. OpenAI provides API access to models like ChatGPT in over 155 countries, regions, and territories. All right. So You've got 155 countries tapping into this, uh, making the product accessible to users via an internet connection. However, ChatGPT is not available in more than 40 countries worldwide, including, and this will be interesting, Afghanistan, Belarus, Cambodia, Cameroon, China, Cuba, Egypt, Iran, North Korea, Paraguay, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Ukraine, Venezuela, and Vietnam. Uh, Why would that be? I don't know, folks. Uh, We'll figure that out. ChatGPT's global availability is based in part on the availability of Microsoft Azure's 60-plus cloud regions worldwide, which span more than 35 countries. All right, so they're saying it's not available there because why? They don't have the data centers available in those regions. So what's the point of that? No data centers, no AI. No supercomputers, no AI. What have I been telling you from probably episode one? That this whole system, the entire technocracy, is a giant paper tiger. That's the silver lining in all of this. Without the supercomputers, without the data lines, without their uh, satellites, without the satellite receivers the technocracy does not exist. They are attempting to hijack, hack, pirate, and steal the natural world and humanity itself. But without the technology, it does not work. This is why I said they're popping up data centers all over the world because this is what powers this technocratic system. And you see right here, these 40 countries, including the ones I read, do not have ChatGPT. GPT. They cannot talk to Glenda. Why? Because they don't have access to the Microsoft Azure's supercomputers in those areas. It says, additionally, Microsoft Azure's global infrastructure makes use of edge data centers and content delivery networks to deliver ChatGPT's content and data to users in countries where it does not have a large scale data center presence. All right, so it can use some of this technology. To deliver some of this chat GPT to these areas, but it can't do the whole thing until they can get these supercomputer data centers into those regions. And does it make sense to you now uh, to know why they're building? data centers, and they're bringing these things into the rural areas, into the villages of Europe, why they're creating the floating barge uh, barge data centers that they can plug into smart cities and smart villages. Why? Because they need it. It's the heart and the brain of what makes all this stuff work, including artificial intelligence. Goes on to say, collectively, Microsoft Azure's large-scale and globally distributed data center and networking infrastructure allows for low latency and high-speed access to the ChatGPT model, regardless of the location of the user. In turn, these capabilities improve the performance of ChatGPT's artificial intelligence workloads. And what that's just talking about, the speed and the ability for me to ask Linda a question, and I get a response typed out in a second versus having to wait 25 minutes. All right, we're going to skip over um, the rest of this global availability uh, information. It's not really relevant, and it gets to be a little too much, I think. Uh, Elasticity, OpenAI and ChatGPT benefit from elasticity in the cloud by being able to easily and automatically scale up or down compute storage database and networking resources as needed. For example, when there's a high demand for the ChatGPT model, as what was going on this morning, such as during a spike in traffic to ChatGPT's website, Microsoft Azure can automatically provision more resources, for example, CPU and memory, to the model to handle the increased load. Conversely, when demand subsides, resources can be deprovisioned to save costs. In turn, elasticity allows for the efficient use of resources. So what they're saying is when demand is high, more resources in the data center are allocated. When demand is low, those are released and they can be used for other projects uh, that are experiencing high demand at the time. This is how they're creating this computer system just think of it a connection of computers that are going to be able to handle the workload of all this artificial intelligence across all of these different um projects all these different smart city devices programs and everything else so in part what's going on here is these type of programs are being used to also test and train the computer systems and the supercomputers and allow the engineers to start to figure out an effective system that can allow this whole technological prison planet to operate again because it's all based on computers and technology. All right, when I get back, let's go through a little bit more of this. We're almost done. I'm going to start to show you what Microsoft is also doing. A lot more interesting stuff, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to understand how this world actually works than this is the show for you i'll be right back this dust and go with the dust and gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold more listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold